Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, we are going to go through and tell you about some of the latest storylines story around Carolina football here. We are fully in the offseason, so that's why we took a little bit of a week off there uh, to kind of collect ourselves. Basketball in full swing right now in the middle of one of the uh, biggest weeks of the season in terms of the amount of games played, the importance of the games, all that stuff. So uh, we are back, though, and we're going to tell you a little bit about that stuff. But first, we do have an interview today uh, that I think you guys will find extremely Extremely interesting. Former Tar Heel safety Dominique Green. He was a guy that was with the Tar Heels from 2013 uh, all the way to 2016. A big part of those uh, Vic Coning defenses into the uh, Gene Chizik defenses. A big part of that 2015 and 2016 secondary that had so much success under Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren. So uh, he stopped by with us here earlier on this week, and we got a chance to talk to him about uh, Gene Chizik, Charlton Warren, all that great stuff, the 2015 season and all of that. Here's our interview with former Tar Heel safety, Dominique Green. We are now joined by former Tar Heel safety, uh, a guy that was a part of the 2015 uh, and 16 Tar Heels under Gene Chizik, and Charlton Moore, we're going to ask him about that. We're going to ask him about his career overall and a bunch more here uh, on this uh, interview uh, here on the Heels Up Blog podcast. But it is Dominique Green. Uh, we welcome him in. Dominique, first of all, man, how's it going? Uh, how has life been uh, after football for you? And uh, where, what are you doing right now, uh, now that your football career has come to a conclusion? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, life has been pretty good. Um, I'm actually teaching down back in my hometown and helping out with the football team at the high school. Um, everything's been pretty good. I'm actually going after my master's at this moment. So, 
Yeah, everything's pretty good. That's awesome to hear, man. And hey, you know, let's let's actually start with that. You know, you're down there at, at Scotland County High School. If people don't know, out in Lorienburg, South Carolina or North Carolina, excuse me. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, uh, you, you get to uh, coach under uh, you know, your old high school coach, and uh, you know, how has that experience been? And then, and what is it like being able to be a coach uh, for your old high school team? Oh, the experience is good. Um, it feels good to come back home and actually help out with the football program, especially knowing some of the stuff that I've known, like I, I gained from over the years, uh, being in college and from high school, just the experience and the work ethic from, that I gained from there. Um, it's been a good experience on um, being able to get back at the form, uh, at the most part. Well, what is it? I, I the other thing I have to ask you about life out there uh, at Scotland County High School right now. What has it been like? You know, you guys have a national champion uh, that just won uh, with Georgia in Zamir White, one of the great overall players there, a guy that came in just a little bit after you. But what has the environment been like around campus, realizing that they have a guy that oh, was such man. an integral part of of winning a championship? Oh, man, the, the environment being good. And that's one thing about Scotland County. They always stand behind the hometown hero or the hometown native. Uh, you know, we had a couple of guys before him that actually tried to pursue it, that, that did pursue and went further on with the steps. And he actually took it to the next level as far as winning the national championship. Hopefully we'll get somebody soon to win the Super Bowl. So that would be good. And like I said, I, the city always back the uh, hometown native. And that's what I love about my city. Well, they definitely backed you. You know, during your time at Carolina, you know, you come in and you really bursted onto the scene back in 2013 uh, under a guy in Larry Fedora that was new at that time. Um, and you, you had a great freshman season, you know, 59 total tackles, three interceptions, uh, five pass deflections as a starter on the back end of this defense. What do you think allowed you to come in and have so much success early on? Oh, I guess it's just the fact that, that it was a good – atmosphere at the moment you know the atmosphere was there uh, I had a great teammates uh the people with Trey Boston that had a lot to show me uh that taught me a lot and you had Jabari Price that was actually there uh molding me at the time and Darian Rankin those guys actually took me on their wing and taught me a lot when it came to the playing at the next level um they helped me build my confidence and they actually helped me out with, like with a lot of stuff as far as balancing out time and being able to be a student athlete at the elite level. Well, yeah, and and look, you did it. You know, coming in as as a walk on and playing as as a true freshman. You know, what was that conversation like when they told you, "Look, you've you know done enough so far, and, and we're going to throw you out there uh, as a starter for this team, starting with that first game that season." Oh man, that was like the crazy experience of my life. Um, I can remember getting the scholarship that uh, like it was, like it was yesterday. Um, I remember Coach Vic was telling me that I had a, a interview after practice one day, and then he was like, "Hey, you got an interview after practice. Um, they're gonna talk to you about a few things. Make sure you keep smiling and all this." I was like, "All right." Then he said, "Oh yeah," and after that, go sign for your scholarship. And I was like, "Oh man, that was exciting." So I just it was it was a good feeling to know that I had. You know, finally, it finally paid off for me getting the scholarship. But then when it came to playing South Carolina Gamecocks on the first game of the season, and he tells me, hey, you ready to start? And I was like, oh, man. It was just kind of nerve-wracking at the time. But like I said, I had some great teammates around me that was kind of, you know, making sure that I was ready and making sure that my confidence level stayed up and then make sure everything was right. 
Well, yeah, I mean, look, and it worked out great, man. You were one of the more underrated guys, uh, somebody that I, I don't think they talk about enough on the back end because you were a four-year starter. You made 38 career starts at safety. And I think the interesting thing was you look at who was there during that time as well, and you were back there with Trey Boston for a little bit, um, Tim Scott as well. And then, of course, you guys, uh, you, you shared some time with Sam Smiley back there. I think a lot of people oh, yeah. remember Sam Smiley a lot, and he played a lot, but you were the guy that kind of started on the back end. What was that relationship like between you guys who they kind of had to balance during your times there? Oh, the relationship was still there. We knew our roles, and we knew that we got to take advantage of every time that we get out there on the field. So we never really – we competed a lot. We always went at each other when it came to uh, competing. But when we got out there, we knew that, all right, when we go out there, we got to make the best of it. should be no downfalls no matter who's in the game, all right? So we had to make sure everything was on point as far as, like, making sure we was sharp when we go in, no downfalls when we go in, and make sure everybody was there, make sure the place was, you know, crispy when we was out there. So it was it was a good relationship between us. Like I said, in practice, yeah, we hate each other, go at it, compete. But once the game hit, all right, it's time to play. Well, there was so much competition on that back end, just a bunch of talent back there overall. And I think that's what really helped you guys when they ended up making the transition uh, in two, fr- from 2014 with Vic Koning into 2015 with Gene Chizik. You know, I, I think a lot of people are kind of wondering, you know, with Gene coming back here, um, you know, wh- what to expect from him when he comes in and, and you're really trying to get a grasp of his defense and everything like that. What do you think is allows him to come in and have that immediate success? What kind of grabbed you immediately uh, when you first, you know, saw Coach Chiswick in Chapel Hill and, and and he first introduced himself to you guys? Okay, so when he first came in, man, I was nervous. Like I was scared. Uh, I think a couple of our guys were scared when he first came in. But after we got to like, after he started like getting to know us, and we got to know him. One thing that Coach Chizik will do a great job at is, you know, breaking the defense down and help you understand the why behind a lot of stuff that he does, um, especially with the defensive schemes that he come in with. They are incredible. So, like, he's great at explaining uh, the reason why behind a lot of things and made it a whole lot easier for us to play, and he made it fast for us to play. Well, you also, you know, ended up being coached by Charlton Warren, who's actually coming back with him as well. It might be a little bit of a different role for Charlton this time than his first time there, but, you know, he the, the numbers that he was able to put up in his time in Chapel Hill to take you guys from being one of the worst teams uh, in, in terms of passing yards allowed the prior season to one of the best teams in terms of passing yards allowed in 2015 and 16. What do you think just allowed him to have that much success? What, what, what was the message that he was getting across to you guys that just seemed to work a little bit differently? Coach Warren, the one thing about him is he 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 always pushed us uh, to really sharpen up our fundamentals. So he always, he he's a big guy on fundamentals. No matter how hard or how tough things get, he always relies back on fundamentals. So he makes sure that his DBs are always sharpen fundamentals. As far as knowing the plays, he just does the same thing as. Coach Chiz, he'll break it down and explain the why and make it simple enough so that you'll be able to play fast and move fast on the field, which is why those those two right there are a great combination to have together because they break it down to the point that you don't have to think out there. They they, they actually get it down to the players to where they, you have to play fast. You, like, you'll play fast and you'll understand your why. 
So let's go back to your career and and just tell me, you know, that 2015 season is one that's going to live for a while with Tar Heel fans because of just how successful it was. You know, you start out with the loss in the season opener in Charlotte against South Carolina. What what changed in the locker room after that, though? Because we've heard so many different guys say that it was just a change in mindset after that game. Was was that what that team needed to kind of wake up and realize the potential that they had out of the gate and allowed them to reel off the 11 straight wins? Yes, because it was a mindset. I think uh, with some of the stuff that went on, you know, in the past for having the losing career or having that losing season and having the worst passing defense, whatever, um, all the guys start to buy into the program, start to buy into with the coaches, start understanding the the why behind a lot of stuff. I think we all came together and we all pushed each other. I think that year we ended up having a great summer workout, spring workout. It seemed like everything was like falling into place. So it was a mindset that changed over, and uh, we was ready to take over that year. What? So when you look back at that season. Where where in that season do you really remember looking and saying, this has a chance to be a really special year? Because, I mean, you guys had a, 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 you know, a couple of significant wins there, but the one that stuck out to me was probably that Duke game. Do you think that was the game where everything started to really come together and you said, look, this is a team that's got a chance to be really special? Yeah, that was that game. That game right there was so crazy. I, I, I remember, like, going in and, like, just sitting there saying, like, man, we got a chance of taking this thing all the way. And then when we finally made it there at the ACC, it seemed like it was another game, but it didn't seem too big for us. You know, we missed out on a lot of opportunities while we, during that game, but it was not the moment that was too big for us. It was just little mistakes that you know, kind of threw us off a little bit in that game. But it was a great game. So one last thing that I want to ask you, you know, about your career and a game that you were a part of and you actually had a pretty good game in that one as well was uh, the win in 2016 on the road at Florida State. You had five solo tackles in that game and broke up a pass. That's one of the more significant wins really in Carolina history when you look at it, going on the road to a team that talented uh, and getting that victory. What do you remember about that game, and especially that kick at the end uh, from field goal Jesus, Nick Weiler? Hey, you said it right there, the, the, the kick at the end. I, could, I, I probably died about for like three seconds on that sideline. But that was the, that was the scariest part of the game. Uh, I think Nick Weiler knew he went in with confidence, ready to keep, keep that winning field goal, but that was probably the craziest part of the game. That's the part I remember the most. So the last thing I'll ask you here before we let you go is you look at this program where it's at right now under Mac Brown, um, and, and you know they're bringing in Gene Chizik once again and Charlton Warren. You know what do you think about the direction of this program right now? Because I feel like going into last season there was a lot of confidence around the program. Things were heading in a great direction. This was a team that could possibly be on the outside of making the college football playoff, but. Things have kind of, you know, backed off a little bit. And I I saw a comparison from one of your former teammates and, and a Carolina great uh, in his own right in Ryan Switzer. He said that this kind of reminds him of the 2014 season just from the outside heading into that 2015 season. What do you think about the overall state of the program, and do you think that's a good comparison? I feel like that's a great comparison because it's like that one year that we had that kind of went downhill, we knew that. Well, there's only one way, and there's only way to go is up. So 
I feel like with the changes they made and the mindset, I'm pretty sure the mindset has them pricked over. I'm pretty sure those guys are working hard and ready to get back out, out there and go at it. Um, so it, it, that's a great comparison, comparing that to the 2014 team. And I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised to see a shocker this year, 2015, uh, like the 2015 season. Um, I actually look forward to looking at this season because I, I know it's going to be a lot, a, a big difference between the teams before and this team that's going to be coming up this year. Well, we're hoping, man. We would love to see an, a repeat of that 2015 season, which was just so fun. And, hey, you were a big part of that, man. As I've said, I think you're one of the more underrated guys. They don't talk about how much of an impact you had on those teams. Yeah, of course, man, of course. And, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by with us. Uh, you know, look forward to, uh, you know, following your journey out there uh, back at Scotland County High School. They're one of the best in the state year in and year out. So we know we'll be seeing them there, and uh, we'll, we'll be keeping tabs on you, Dominique. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. All right, man, you take care. All right. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championship games with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we want to thank Dominique for stopping by with us. That was tremendous stuff there, guys. And, uh, yeah, if you're not following him on social media, make sure that you guys do. It's awesome to hear that he's back uh, at Scotland County High School, now coaching there. Uh, I believe still under his former high school coach, Richard Bailey. I could be wrong about that, though. He may have retired. But uh, if not, still one of the better programs in the entire state of North Carolina year in and year out. So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, and always great talking to former Tar Heels. That was just tremendous to give you guys a perspective uh, on everything. And, and very interesting to hear you know, his thoughts on that 2015 season, the mindset and everything like that. So uh, we do want to get into some of the news around this current Tar Heel football team. And uh, one of the big storylines is in the 2022 class, the Tar Heels uh, did end up getting the official visit from three-star defensive tackle Ahmad Moten. Uh, that came down last week. He was on campus uh, and uh, on Tuesday uh, and really, you know, it, it made a push to try to add him to the class. I think it's still going to be pretty tough because, again, he is in 
Miami's backyard. There are also some other big-time hitters on that list, but Carolina definitely trying to add that one other piece on the defensive line, really still kind of in search of those defensive tackles in the middle. And now, I think one of the other things is they're going to be looking for guys that kind of fit that defensive tackle mindset a little bit more because they are going to have two of them out there. You're not looking for really that one technique that can cover two gaps. Now you're looking for a guy that really can just take care of one gap as three technique defensive tackles. So they're going to have to have a little more depth there than they probably have right now. That's probably why they're hitting that one pretty hard. So keep an eye on him. I think it's still a bit of a long shot, but that's really the Tar Heels' last target in the 2022 class as we head towards the signing day. Uh, Carolina you know, recently did have a pretty big weekend on campus. They're going to have another one this weekend, uh, but they, you know, did have some really significant names on campus. Of course, the one that everybody points to two weeks ago, uh, or about two weeks ago now, was Jaden Davis, the five-star quarterback from uh, Providence Day High School now in Charlotte. He was originally uh, a guy that came out of Catawba Ridge High School down in Fort Mill, South Carolina. He is now transferred, now playing under uh, a guy that has done great work in the state of North Carolina, Chad Greer. You should know that last name. He is the dad of former Davidson Day uh, quarterback and, of course, a guy that went to West Virginia, even played for the Carolina Panthers and is now with the Dallas Cowboys in Will Greer. He was his head coach. He's also coached Sam Hartman along the way uh, as well, uh, the the current Wake Forest quarterback. He coached them both here uh, in Charlotte at Davidson Day and then eventually when he went to Oceanside Collegiate down uh, in South Carolina. So he's got a, a pretty good track record with quarterbacks. Carolina is really going after Jaden Davis in that 24 class, a special, special uh, quarterback who jumped onto the scene as a freshman, very similar uh, in that respect to Sam Howell when he was coming out of Sun Valley High School. He did the same thing starting as a freshman from day one there. So a guy definitely worth keeping an eye on. Also, other big names that were there, 2023 four-star edge Rico Walker. That's a huge one for Carolina. They really want him, an athletic guy that can do a lot of different things for you. Uh, comes from a team in, in Hickory uh, in North Carolina that's not great, so kind of an under-the-radar guy in that respect. Carolina looks like they're in a pretty good spot with him. Another guy that's starting to get a little bit of run on the recruiting trail, 2023 three-star linebacker Tony Rojas was there as well. And then uh, Sullivan Ash, Ashber, or Absher, uh, a guy from uh, right here in, in right around the Charlotte area, actually, out of Belmont High School or out of, uh, out of, excuse me, South Point High School in Belmont uh, was also there. Another guy under the radar because there really isn't a lot going on in the transfer portal that snuck in there that weekend was Spencer Rowland. Uh, that was all a part of that, the, that group that visited on January 8th. There is expected to be another group of targets that will be coming in this weekend. Carolina uh, is expected to have some pretty big names in the 23 class there uh, as well couple other things uh, to tell you about here uh, on the recruiting trail uh, you know Carolina out of the running for 2023 four-star in-state defensive tackle Keith Sampson he released his top five a couple Saturdays ago uh, Carolina not a part of that group not really a shock uh, they also did lose 2023 four-star tight end uh, target Andrew Rappelli Four-star tight end uh, target Andrew Rappelier to 
Michigan, he ends up going there over uh, Carolina, Ohio State, Penn State, and others. So uh, not really that much of a shock on that one. That one seemed like kind of a long shot for Carolina there, but they did look like they were establishing a pretty solid relationship with him. The more concerning ones really are 2023 four-star defensive lineman Tamarian Parker out of the state of Alabama, who Carolina has been in a really good standing with for a while He took a visit to Georgia a couple of weekends ago, seemed really impressed by what he saw there, and he's been receiving a lot of other big-time offers, including Alabama here recently. So that, I think, uh, is is one that should be a little bit concerning, as are the fact that he received two crystal ball predictions from 24-7 Sports on the spot after the visit to Georgia. So that is definitely a little bit concerning. Meanwhile, in state 2023 offensive tackle Sam Pendleton, who comes out of uh, Ronald Reagan High School in Faftown, uh, in, in Faftown, North Carolina, uh, he took a visit to Penn State during that weekend of January 8th. And in an Adam Friedman article, uh, of course, the great rivals writer, he told him that right now Michigan, Clemson, and Penn State are the teams that are in the best standing for him. He can't really separate those three. And unfortunately, Carolina not a part of that group despite being an in-state school. The good news is Carolina right down the road for him. So hopefully that'll make it a little bit easier for them to visit him during the season and for him to visit Chapel Hill during the season. Of course, some of the other big news, uh, we told you about the fact that Sam Howell will be headed to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Taman Fox participated in the Hula Bowl. We told you about that. One guy that did end up getting an invite to a bigger bowl game based on something that he took part of a couple of weeks ago was Jordan Tucker. He took part in the College Gridiron Showcase, which is done um, in Fort Worth, Texas. And it's it's not a game. It's only scrimmages. They do practices and stuff like that. Uh, But it's a chance for NFL scouts, CFL scouts, XFL, and even USFL scouts to get out there. So a great chance for all of those different entities to go and see you. He ends up actually getting an invite to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, which will be this upcoming weekend on NFL Network. Uh, That is huge for him. He's been out there at practice uh, for the last couple of days. Uh, He is joined by Marcus McKeithen, and I believe Ty Chandler is not going to play. Uh, He was not listed amongst the group of guys that uh, were measured. Uh, They released those measurements the other day. Uh, And he was not on that list. He was supposed to play in this game. Felt like that would be a really great opportunity for him to help his draft stock, which I think is you know kind of under the radar. A lot of people talking about Sam Howell. I think most people kind of expect Jeremiah Gimmel will go somewhere in this draft. But Ty Chandler's a guy I think that's got a legitimate chance to be drafted. And if he lands with the right team, have some success. Unfortunately, though, it does not look like he is going to be participating down there uh, in Pasadena, California for this game. Um, but we'll we'll keep you up to date if we find out anything else. So, yeah, it is Marcus McKeithen and Jordan Tucker who are expected to play that game. That game is on Saturday. I don't remember the time right off the top of my head here, uh, but that game is uh, will take place in the Rose Bowl as it does every single year. So make sure that you guys check that out. It will be trying to see if I can pull up the time here really quickly. Thought I had it there for just a second. And unfortunately, I cannot find it. So, uh, but but expect should be a really really good game. Uh, and and Carolina with two offensive linemen that have a good chance uh, to potentially go out and show, uh, w- w- you know what they uh, w- you know what their value is to NFL rosters 
and everything like that. Uh, it will be 3 p.m. East uh, Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, actually, uh, on the NFL Network. So make sure that you guys uh, do check that out. Um Meanwhile, a host of Toriel transfers have announced their new destinations. You've got Travion Stevenson, uh, who does end up going to Norfolk State. Uh, That was the smallest move of the group. Tyrone Hopper, the seventh-year outside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, he is going to Missouri. Meanwhile, Eugene Asante will be joining him in the SEC. He will be going to Auburn. And he won't end up playing in the SEC. It's a team destined to head for the SEC in the coming years. Trey Morrison, he will be headed to the Big 12 for now, and he will get a chance to play for Brett Venables and Oklahoma. Very interesting destination move for him. Meanwhile, two coaches that Carolina had on their staff just a little while ago, they do find their new destinations. Jay Bateman, it was announced he is going to be uh, Florida's uh, Florida's new linebackers coach under Billy Napier. Meanwhile, Javon DeWitt, he is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Florida International Panthers. Uh, That's a a great move for him and uh, a great opportunity for him after, as Mac Brown sort of admitted, he was squeezed out uh, with everything that was going on with the new coaching staff. So that's a look at the storylines around Tar Heel football, and that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Uh, make sure you head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. we got the weekly storylines. We'll be doing those uh, here to kind of keep you guys up to date on everything going on around Tar Heel football as we go throughout the offseason. Uh, we've got you know some great stuff going up on the website here soon. Uh, uh, you know Once they end up, Wrapping up the uh, recruiting class, we will, of course, give you a breakdown of that recruiting class, and then we will turn our focus to the 2023 class. This is a huge class for Carolina in the state of North Carolina. The concern is Carolina off to a little bit of a slow start on the trail. They do have the commitment from Tad Hudson, but it seems like some of these bigger names that they were in good standing with during the season, maybe some of those residual side effects of the 6-7 and seven season are starting to set in. We'll have to see. It's still early on, but Carolina, with the the amount of guys that are, that, that are out there in the state here in the 2023 class, they have to be able to take care of the home front. So we'll see how Mac Brown and his guys are able to do on that front, they have done a lot of uh, offering on the 2023 and 2024 trails. We'll be telling you about that in the next edition of the weekly storylines. Find out which state they're hitting hard as well in that. Uh, and then on the basketball side of things, that's really where the focus is right now. There's so much going on with basketball. Josh has he covered there. Uh, he's been doing the uh, game previews, the game recaps, all that great stuff on the website as Carolina you know, tries to figure it out. They've had a really, really good season at home. They've taken care of business in every game that they've played so far. Now 13 straight wins in the Smith Center. But meanwhile, on the road, Really struggling. They've you know played a couple of duds here lately against Miami and Wake Forest on the road. So Carolina's trying to turn it back in the right direction. He's taking you through all of that on the basketball side of things on the blog. Meanwhile, make sure you check out the Four Corners podcast along with the Heel Tough blog podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's uh, that that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of those sites. We are there. Make sure you're checking all of the episodes out and you're subscribing so that you don't miss an episode. 
Uh, you know, here, of course, we're in off-season mode. We're doing all the interviews, stuff like that. We'll be doing that uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a bunch of draft guys on as we talk about Sam Howell, uh, Jeremiah Gimmel, Ty Chandler, uh, the offensive linemen that Carolina has out there that are trying to get themselves to the next level. All that great stuff we'll be having for you here on this side of things. And on the basketball side of things, we're right in the thick of it. We're taking you through everything that's going on in conference play for Carolina, their chances to make the NCAA tournament. All that great stuff is on the Four Corners podcast. So make sure you are subscribed to both of those feeds to make sure you don't miss any of that great content. You can also check it out on the website tabs at the top of the page for both of those podcasts. Uh, also, make sure you so you, you are uh, you know following uh, and liking the social media pages. Uh, it starts on Facebook. That's the best place. That's where all the major stuff is at, uh, at Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. You can check out all the articles, the audio editions of the podcast, video editions, all in one central location. And right now, not doing on-camera stuff. Again, the studio that we normally do it in with COVID, everything like that. We're kind of focusing on just staying uh, in the one studio that we have here uh, at our, our job that allows us so graciously to be able to do this stuff here. So we're really focused on that stuff. But eventually we will be getting back into the video stuff, at least on the football side of things, maybe eventually on the basketball side of things, but definitely on the football side of things as we go throughout uh, the next couple of months. Uh, one one that I do want to you know I'll keep you guys up to date on is that I believe we are going to try to do one for the schedule release. That is set for January 31st on the ACC Network. Uh, so when they do release Carolina's football schedule for the upcoming season, the plan for me at least is to be able to sit in front of the camera, break that one down for you guys. That's one that we would really like to have a visual for you guys for. So we'll see if we're able to do that. But moving forward right now, Everything is going to be audio. Still got the waveform editions that are up there for you guys, though, and those have been extremely popular to this point, so make sure that you guys are checking that out. Last thing that I want to tell you guys about is the Twitter page, at Blog on Twitter. Uh, that's the official page. Make sure you check out my personal Twitter page, at HTBAnthony, Josh's personal Twitter page, at HTBJosh, and then Zach Hubbard. We're going to be having him on here soon. Um, we are going to have him talk a little bit, of course, about the recruiting class for Carolina. We'll see if Ahmad Moten ends up committing. If so, we'll be breaking him down. If not, we'll just focus on the 2022 class as a whole. We'll also talk a lot about the transfer guys, which are technically a part of this class. We'll talk about Corey Gaynor uh, as well as Noah Taylor with them moving forward. So keep an eye out for that coming up soon. Uh, but make sure you follow him on social media for all the great content around Tar Heel football recruiting and uh, transfer recruiting. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Dominique Green for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.